0: From the International News Desk of the Zone Broadcast Network in London, England, here is today's Bits and Pieces.
2: Hello everyone, and greetings from the Realm McConnell Media Company Broadcast Centre in the United Kingdom. I'm Karen McPhee. Today is October 20th and here are the days that are recognized in some parts of the world. Dress like a dog day. Evaluate your life day. International adjust your chair day. International gin and tonic day. LGBT center awareness day. Multicultural diversity day. National clean your virtual desktop day. National seafood bisque day. New friends day. Rainforest day. World Pediatric Bone and Joint Day Rob, here are a few of the stories that have crossed our international news desk that I thought the X-Zone Nation would enjoy. Cow-hugging, an alleged wellness fad, has people cuddling farm animals to relieve stress. In the increasingly hectic and stressful year of 2020, people are seeking calm wherever they can find it, from frolicking through the fields to adopting plants. But now there's another natural way to restore your cortisol levels, cow-hugging. People in several parts of the world have begun to embrace the alleged wellness trend, which reportedly originated in the Netherlands, where it is known as cohenuffelen. According to the BBC, the practice of cuddling cows is supposed to reduce stress in humans by releasing the bonding hormone oxytocin. Cows are chosen specifically for their warm body temperatures and calm demeanor. Farms in the United States and Switzerland have also adopted the wellness fad, which, according to a 2007 study in the Applied Animal Behavior Science Journal, also benefits the cows. The researchers found when the animals are rubbed, massaged or pet, they experience relaxation and pleasure as well. A very moving story, wouldn't you agree? And then there is this story. The more money you spend on this, the more likely you are to divorce. A 2014 study, published in Social Science Research Network, found that as the price tag for the wedding went up, the likelihood a couple would stay together went down. Researchers found that for each jump in wedding price, the divorce rate shot up. Couples who spent $1,000 or less on their wedding were 53% less likely to get divorced, while those who spent anywhere between $1,000 and $5,000 were 18% less likely to part ways. On the other end of the spectrum, if a couple dropped $10,000 to $20,000 on their big day, the marriage was 29% more likely to end in divorce. And blowing over $20,000 on a wedding made couples 46% more likely to split. And for all the bacon lovers out there, and I know that Craig West, your studio producer, is listening. Breathable bacon face mask gives wearers the aroma of bacon. A U.S. company is offering fans of breakfast meats the chance to enjoy the scent of sizzling pork anytime they want with a bacon-scented face mask. Hormel said the black label Breathable Bacon Mask uses the the latest in bacon smell technology to give the wearer the experience of smelling bacon anytime they don the COVID-19 protection accessory. Bacon fans can register to win a bacon-scented mask until October 28 at breathablebacon.com. And since it is fall and all the leaves are falling in North America as well as here in the UK. You're probably raking leaves all wrong. Tis the season for viewing full foliage, which means the less lovely season of raking dead leaves isn't far away. You may want to brush up on your raking technique, because apparently there's a wrong way to tidy up your lawn, according to the spruce. Several wrong ways, in fact. First, you'll want to check your tool shed to make sure that what you have in your possession is In fact, a leaf rake. There are over a dozen different kinds of rakes suited to different tasks, and it's easy to mistakenly use the wrong kind. Leaf rakes are a little like lawn rakes, except they have plastic instead of metal tines. And yes, it makes a difference. Visit the XZone Broadcast Network website at www.xzbn.net for all the programming that is available 24, 7, 365 days of the year with our compliments. For the best of paranormal, parapsychology and sci-fi television, subscribe to the X-Zone TV channel available exclusively on Simul TV. Do you have a story that you would like to share on air? Send me an email to Karen McPhee at rel-mar.com, as it is always wonderful to hear from the members of the X-Zone nation. Well, that's it for tonight, Rob. So from everyone here at Realmar McConnell Media Company in the United Kingdom, I am Karen McPhee reminding one and all to stay safe, stay healthy, and together, we will get through the COVID-19 pandemic.
0: This is the Exxon Radio TV show with Rob McConnell on the X-Zone Broadcast Network and our worldwide family of broadcast affiliates. If you have a question for Rob McConnell or his guest, or if you've had a paranormal experience, call toll-free 1-800-610-7035 extension 0 or email xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, our one address is xzoneradiotv. Monster Mash, the
3: Monster Mash,
0: it was a
4: graveyard smash, the mash. it caught on. And welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Star Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and our family of broadcast affiliates right around this great, big, beautiful world of ours. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, exxonradiotv. And um, once again, if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you on our website, just go to www.xzbn.net. This is Halloween month. Happy Halloween to one and all. And uh, we aren't we are we are not going to be taking any calls this month whatsoever from listeners because I, I want to I wanna chat with our with our guests one on one and and find out what Halloween means to them, what it's like to be a paranormal investigator, a ghost hunter, what brings them into the world of the paranormal that they are Spend hours and hours and hours on trying to understand what it is and how we can attain the evidence. Joining me this hour, explanation is Ting Rapa. She is the founder of AGA, and that is the American Ghost Association, I believe. Am I correct there, Ting?
3: It's actually American Ghost Adventures.
4: Adventures. My apologies. All right. <laughs> no so, so why don't we do it with this? Why don't Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about the AGA?
3: No worries. So I am, like you said, the founder of American Ghost Adventures, which is located in Orlando, Florida. So we do paranormal investigations and tours here in Orlando, so that normal people can come and investigate with us and hopefully experience some paranormal activity and go home with a ghost story of their own. Um, I personally have done ghost tours mm-hmm. for about 16 years now professionally and it's a lot of fun to me. It's part of my regular everyday life at this point.
4: How haunted is Rolando?
3: Very haunted. A lot more haunted than a lot of people will give them credit to being. Um, a lot of people will believe that Orlando is just too new mm-hmm. to have any haunts, yeah. and that's just not true. They, they believe that Orlando only been around since 1971, and we know that's false because 1971 is when Disney came to town, and yes, they put us on the map, but Orlando has been here quite a long time.
4: Speaking about Disney, uh, have you had any reports of paranormal activity at the Disney World in Orlando?
3: Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. If I had to choose any haunted place in the world to go Mm -hmm. ghost hunting, if they were like to say, hey, you can go anywhere in the world and go ghost hunting, I would actually choose Disney for an entire day. Just give me the whole thing, park. Well, (laughs) I,
4: I must tell you, my wife and I own a condo in Orlando, and we've been frequent visitors to the Disney there. And I must say that the people of Orlando are the nicest people in the world.
3: They are. We're all hospitality driven. We want you to come back. So it's a lot of fun here. And that's just it. Part of that, you know, uh, that's part of the reason why people don't want to talk about the dead or Mm. um, ghosts and stuff like that. They don't want to scare family people away. And I think over the years and the decades now, people have realized, you know what, it's okay to talk about them. It's uh, another way of remembering those have passed on and are no longer on earth with us. So it's uh, a new Way of like I said, remembering somebody.
4: Why do you think there's so much stigma associated with death and dying in North America, where in other places, for example, Ireland, they celebrate the life of the person. They have a party, and yet here it's very sad, very taboo, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
3: Uh, I think it's just that uh, I think certain religions Mm -hmm. uh, uh, prohibit that—that you know, you don't have anybody left behind. It's the happy place or the place of death. There's nothing in between. There's nobody that's caught there. And so um, also, you know, once somebody passes Mm -hmm. away, most people try to brush that, move on. Whereas other nations and other countries, like you said, they have Day of the Dead. They have worships, They have, uh, you know, ceremonies that pretty much remember the dead. Um, It's one of those things where I tell people there's two deaths. The day you physically die. Yeah and the day that people no longer remember you.
4: Isn't that so the truth? So you have with do that. Um, what brought you into investigating the paranormal and being so involved with ghost tours and, and other aspects of the paranormal that you deal in?
3: It's kind of funny, to be honest with you. If you had asked me a couple of years ago about ghosts, mm-hmm. I would have looked at you and walked away. I did not want to do the paranormal stuff. I was really, really frightened by spirits and ghosts. But for the fact that they have been in my life my entire childhood, growing up and everything else, um, they circled around me and basically brought me to do ghost tours, and uh, I mean everything pointed that way. My parents are Buddhists, mm-hmm. so we are not to talk to the dead. We are to worship the dead, uh, remember them, put out you know offerings to them, but we don't ever question them. So when my parents realized that I was actually uh, communicating with the other side. It kind of frightened them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But my entire life, I was able to see them and my parents would dismiss it. Nope, you didn't see anything. But on my dad's deathbed, he told me, quit playing with them. Oh my gosh. And oh my he, gosh. And he said, not all of them are nice and you can get in some serious trouble. And so later on, you know, and and that brought to where you have, to, if you believe in the good, you got to believe in the bad. And so my mom then later years passed away and i found out that you know all the houses that she owned or she was a property owner she rented property out mm-hmm. all the houses that she actually owned were haunted not by her choice or choosing she was just a magnet for that kind of stuff and uh, she too on her deathbed basically told me that she could see things that's in our blood and it's you know hereditary and she was hoping that we would just leave it alone and i'm the only one of four kids that pretty much plays, quote-unquote, with the spirits.
4: All right. Uh, You and I have to take our first commercial break for this segment. I want to thank you so much for joining us. And ExoNation, if you'd like to find out more about Ting and the work that she does, as well as uh, everything about the American Ghost Adventures, visit their website at www.americanghostadventures.com. That's www.americanghostadventures.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break as the Zone continues from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, this is Halloween month here in the Exxon, and we'd love to hear your stories. Send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And don't forget the Zone TV channel exclusive to Simultv at www.simultv.com. Take a an eye and return every on the other side of this break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send an email, Exxon at Xonradio TV.com on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And to find out about the Exxon Broadcast Network and the shows we have available for you, 724-365, visit XZBN.net. We're talking about ghosts this hour, as we have been each and every day this month. After all, it is October, and that means Halloween. Mind you, with everything that is going on with the COVID, we don't know what is happening here in Canada on the 31st. I mean, the 31st is my granddaughter Olivia's birthday. That, to me, certainly paramounts Halloween. But Premier Ford today said that he is suggesting to the hot red zones in Ontario, and there's four of them. You have Halton, you have Toronto, you have Ottawa, and you have Peel. Not to go out for Halloween. No trick or treating because they are the hot spots where the COVID-19 seems to be hitting, and more and more cases are being reported every day. So, in my so in my opinion, as well as that of many others, why put children at risk? But no matter, Halloween is here. We, not even COVID-19, can stop Halloween. And my guest this hour is Ting Rapa. And we're talking to Ting, who is the lady behind American Ghost Adventures in Orlando, Florida. So tell me, where has been the most haunted place, scariest place, the place that had the hair on the back of your neck, stand up, giving you goosebumps all over the place that you've been to because of paranormal activity?
3: So I discovered this place by accident, and it was located in Springfield, Missouri. Um, And it's a mansion called the Pythian Castle. And I was Googling things to do every location, every vacation I go on. I Mm -hmm. always look up ghost tours and find the most haunted places to go and sightsee and just learn about the local folklore there. And this mansion, castle, was so incredible. As soon as I put my foot on that step, I just knew that there was just some dark energy there. And it didn't disappoint First initial entrance of it all, I saw a tall man in a uniform standing behind a chair where my husband was about to sit down. And my husband, I would tell you, is a skeptic. He doesn't believe in any of this stuff. And he went to go sit down. I said, don't do that. And he goes, why? And I go, there's a large man that's very angry. And he's looking at us right now. So please don't sit in his chair. So he goes, "Okay, what do you want to do? And I go, let's just come over here and let's look at this wall of pictures. Um, And so we walked over there. We looked at some pictures. And I pointed to him. I go, this man is here. And he goes, how do you know that? I go, the energy off the picture just tells me he still remains in this location. So after that, mm-hmm. we went into a, a briefing room where they were going to tell us where we we're going to go, what the rules of the mansion was and everything. And uh, as soon as we started, there was only eight people that evening. Right. One of the doors right. just opened on its own. And the girl looks at everybody. And She walks over there and she casually just closes the door again. And continues with her speech, and then I, she goes, does anybody have any questions? And I raised my hand, I said, was that normal? And she goes, no. And she goes, and there's no air conditioning that's blowing that. (laughs) The entire night was full of things opening and closing by themselves, voices behind us. It was an incredible place. And then at the end of the tour, I told her who I was, and then Mm -hmm. we ended up talking, and she goes, just two weeks ago, Ghost Adventures, the television show, was here and they just filmed. And she says, it's really, really active here, Ting. And I said, I believe you. I physically can see them in this place and that's usually not the case. And I said, there's a lot of suicides that happen here too, isn't there? And she goes, yes. We don't try to tell people a lot of that because we don't want to scare people too much. And I said, yeah, there's some unusual um, happenings in this place. And I will tell you, my husband, being a skeptic, even walked out of that place and goes, that was a creepy place and it consumes everybody. Um, yeah, that, that to this day holds the number
4: one spot for me. Ting, why do you think that some places are more haunted than others? For example, um, I've talked to many paranormal investigators and teams over the years, and they keep on going back to the insane asylums. They see, keep on going to the prisons. They keep on going to the, uh, the mental hospitals, the, uh, the different institutions. One that comes up very frequently is a tuberculosis clinic. And all these are closed down, but why would the spirits stay there? Why wouldn't they, why would they not go away?
3: Okay. I'm one of those uh, people that will not go to like the insane Island and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cause I would not have gone there and living life, if that makes right. any sense. So it does. Uh, I don't deal with negative energy for the most part. I try to help uh, facilitate a lot of stuff. And most of the places that I have seen that are haunted are places of probability. Let's say most hotels, whether they're brand new or not, just because of the sheer number of people that go through there, right. something's going to get left behind. Same thing with Disney. That's the reason why you know I would say that's probably one of the most haunted places, because just the sheer number of people going there. It's kind of like the analogy of if you're on the highway more often than somebody else, mm-hmm. you're more likely to get in a car accident than they are that stays at home. So it's the same thing. Places that have high volume of traffic, high volume of emotion, life decisions and stuff like that will trap energy behind. Um, I've also noticed that certain architecture will house energy also. So it's kind of weird. Uh, certain land, depending on what it was used for, mm-hmm. that's why the, like the Indians were able to have you know Indian burial sites and stuff like that. They knew those places had special powers or special energy. It was just felt a little different. And they're, you know, hoping that their loved ones could come back again. Well, um, well when So some, when just depending some, on the environment.
4: Well, in your opinion, what is a ghost? What is a spirit?
3: A spirit is just energy. It is just energy because we know energy can't be destroyed. Mm-hmm. It is energy that is uh, in between, meaning if you believe in reincarnation, it has not reincarnated into a soul yet um, or somebody that does not want to be, quote unquote, cleansed. right to go on to the next phase. So they're just stepped behind. Like you talk about the tuberculosis places, some of them don't know that they can move on. Others choose to stay there because oh. they're comfortable with that environment. I think one of the most eye-opening conversation I had with somebody was they're like, Ting, what is heaven and hell? I said, well, theoretically, heaven is a place that you find pleasure. It's supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, If you had to describe it, people would describe it as clouds with a pearl gates Hell is something dark with flames and just anguish. And he goes, have you ever heard of heaven on earth? And I said, yes, I have. And he goes, well, what happens if heaven could be on earth? I said, you are absolutely correct. You just opened my mind. Some of these spirits are here because this is their heaven. They remain here because they want to stay here. So it's not because they're trapped all the times. You know, a certain percentage are trapped. Others just want to be here. This is their heaven.
4: Oh, okay. So when it comes to ghosts leaving, uh, if some ghosts stay, others leave, who decides to go and who decides to stay? And what is the factor behind the going or the staying?
3: That's the million-dollar question. Hmm. That really is the million-dollar question. Who gets to become a ghost? Who gets to go where? How do they uh, decide to stay? Who gets to make that decision? We don't know. And in the 16 years of... Doing this research stuff, I still have not figured that out. The only thing, like I said, that I have come clear with now is that not all of them are trapped. I've had conversations with some of them that says, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing called object haunts. Some objects to some people are so precious that even in the afterlife, they can't leave it. So they decide to stay with their object. It's incredible.
4: So what hap- where do you think we go? Do we go to what we call heaven? Do we go to where we go? Uh, what we call hell, or do we go somewhere else that we haven't discovered yet?
3: I would say we get to go to wherever we're comfortable with. I think we are supposed to be in a um, a protocol mm-hmm. okay. after we die. We're supposed to leave our body. We're supposed to go uh, somewhere, you know, to reincarnate to get into another body because mm-hmm. they've actually had scientific studies where young children can remember their former lives where they haven't been quote unquote cleansed. If that right. makes any sense. And they're able to, you know, reincarnate themselves and remember their former lives. They could tell you where they were born, where they lived and where their grave is at. That's incredible. It is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we are supposed to go somewhere and some people decide not to follow the path. They get off the beaten path and stay on earth or go wherever they need to go. to defy the purposes. Now,
4: can people who go on ghost tours actually be followed home by a ghost?
3: Yes, and we've had that happen, and we laugh about it quite often um, because we bring work home to a Mm -hmm. whole new level. Our ghost ambassadors, I always joke with the new ghost guides, I say, listen, when you do this, there's going to be a change in the home life. And they're like, what are you talking about? I go, they will follow you home to see who you are, what you do, and what kind of person you are. My ghosts that we visit every night for the last 16 years choose my ghost tour guides for me. Um, Right now, two of the newest guides are having car problems. They are killing the batteries. What's the chances of two guides, just both started, both having battery issues? You know what I mean? That's just another form. That's how they take energy. But we tell the people that come on our tours, Mm -hmm. our ghosts are very, very friendly. Um, For the most part, if they come home with you, It's because they found you really interesting. They may have found you to look like somebody they knew or you have something that they want to learn more about. But for the most part, just ask them to leave and they'll come back here because they've been in this building before you and I have ever been here. And they're going to remain in this building long after you and I are gone. But they may go on vacation and visit you for a little bit. But for the most part, at every end of every tour, we always do a closing that basically says, I've respected your space. We hope that you respect our space please do not follow us home. We're not giving you permission to do so. Please remain here, and I will communicate with you here and only here. Even if you follow me home, I will not acknowledge you. And for the most part, it works. The good spirits understand that. They don't want to invade your privacy. You
4: now, know? You, now you said we, for the most part. What about the other part?
3: Uh, they are I'm going to tell you. Like I said, there's good spirits and there's bad spirits. The one that, breaks the rules and didn't care anything in life Mm -hmm. are not going to really care in the afterlife. The only difference now is that they don't have a body anymore. I see. So that's what I tell people. I said, listen, don't taunt, don't taunt the ghosts. You're fighting a battle that you can't see. And it's an enemy that you can't beat. If that makes any sense, they can make your life miserable for a while.
4: So what are some of the hazards of, of ghost hunting?
3: Um, That's one of them, that they can follow you home when they can disrupt the home life. Um, Costly electronics. (laughs) I can't tell you how many cell phones have died on me or gone haywire. The same thing with electronic equipments. Um, Like right now, like I said, the two tour guides are dealing with uh, dead batteries Mm -hmm. in their cars. You know, one has pretty much a brand new car and it went out on him. Um, The other hazards is like, you know, emotional and physical being tired, just exhausted without even knowing why. And it's just because the energy that you take from the buildings and from the spirits that are bonding to you. And then the, to the extreme, possession. Hmm. So hmm. that's rare, though. That's very, very rare. All right,
4: young lady, you and I have to take our break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been uh, it's very interesting. And when we come back, I'd like to talk to you about the tour that you do and where you take some of the people who come to visit to just see how haunted Orlando, Florida really is. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. Exonation with Ting Rapa. And if you'd like to find out more about Ting and the American Ghost Adventures, visit their website at www.americanghostadventures.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Once again, Exonation. COVID-19 pandemic is real. Follow the instructions of your local health officials. Social distancing is a must, and it's also advisable, and here in Canada, to wear a mask. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
5: You were a pumpkin.
0: I was a pumpkin, a big orange pumpkin.
4: A big orange pumpkin and when you were there a lot of children out there? Not so much. No, did you get a lot of candy?
0: Yeah, I got a lot of candy. Mommy's eating all the chocolate bars.
4: Well, tell Mommy that's your candy, honey. Okay. Tell her.
0: travels there. Some say that it's a yeti. It's the white's the color of its hair.
4: Just like the dinosaurs, he should have died off
0: long ago. But it will survive, it's kept him alive. In Alaska's frozen snows. around the campfire.
4: And welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Ting Rapa tonight. She is from Orlando, Florida, and she is one of the people who takes people on ghost tours in Orlando with American Ghost Adventures. Um, where exactly in Orlando do you take people? I mean, besides Disney.
3: <laughs> well, we go into the historical district of downtown Orlando called mm-hmm. Church Street, which is uh, probably the oldest section of downtown. So we take them into a couple of restaurants and Uh, show them the buildings that were there originally, and take them behind the scenes of these places.
4: And how long does the tour take?
3: Well, we have what we call our sample tour that gives you history, ghost stories, and a mini investigation so you can touch some of the equipment. And that one's two hours long, and that's probably our most popular one. And that's one has been running for about 16 years with us. So that's our original tour.
4: So when you're on the tour, do people see ghosts? Do they experience? Do they have the experience of, of you know, the, the paranormal feeling that people get when they claim to be in the presence of a supernatural force?
3: It is all going to be in your attitude. So I always tell people don't hog tie somebody or force somebody to come on a tour that doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like going to a party with somebody that doesn't want to be at the party. Yeah. It kind of ruins the mood. So it's the same thing we tell people. Um, we tell people that our tours are for entertainment only, just so that people don't Expect to see a ghost or not a haunted house where somebody's gonna jump scare you or anything like that. But for the most part, in the 16 years I've done this, I will tell you we've seen apparitions, we've seen shadow people, we've gotten orbs on our tours, and we have had loved ones come through and talk to us through our equipment. Those are the emotional tear-jerkers. Um, that's the reason why we tell them it's for entertainment only because. If we told them that we can truly communicate with the other side, people Mm -hmm. would go, hey, Ting, I need to talk to my mom. I need to talk to my dad. And, you know, if we disappoint them at that point, they'll think we're fake or whatever. But if it naturally comes through during the tour, it's amazing. So for the most part, I already know where the hot spots are in downtown Orlando. And I can tell you where most of the paranormal activity happens. But most of our guests that come on the tour sometimes don't even know that they're psychically sensitive. And they learn that on our tours. And they may get to meet whoever um, follows them or guards them as their guardian angels. And sometimes they come through and relay messages on our tours. And it's incredible.
4: What yeah. kind of equipment do you use when you're on your tours that you let the people who take the tour with you use?
3: So on our two-hour sample tour, because it's only two hours in mm-hmm. a mini-investigation, we only use the K2 meters, the flashlights to uh, have like a spirit talk through it, and then we use dowsing rods. Now, if you were to do our four-hour tour, we would add those things in, plus the spirit box, the REM pods, the uh, ovelus, and um, the spectroscope's and stuff like that. And sometimes we have a we have a flare that we use also every once in a while, and the night vision goggles. Mm-hmm. So we're able to use more equipment on a longer tour.
4: Tell me about the flashlight.
3: So the flashlight's a real simple way to communicate with spirits on the other side, and it's probably one of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. Um, So you use a mini mag light. Uh, Hopefully it's going to be incandescent. It's easier on the eyes. And all it has is a AA battery, a spring, and a bulb. So what I do is I turn it on to show people that it is working, and then I turn it to where it turns off, where I disconnect the battery from the spring, and I'll shake it, and then I'll place it down where I think a spirit might come into the room and speak with us. Usually it's a few feet away so that, you know, they're shy or they're intimidated by us. They can at least go on that side of the room and touch the flashlight. And because spirits are made of electromagnetic energy, they're able to fill that gap and turn that flashlight on. Now, skeptics will tell you, Ting, it's heat related. It's the battery heating up and turning on by itself. And we've debunked that. Yes, that does happen, mm-hmm. but I'll have multiple flashlights by the same manufacturer using the same environment, using the same types of batteries. And I'll put it in there and one out of the three or one out of the four will turn on. And when it does turn on, I'll say, Spirit, if that is you controlling that flashlight, please don't touch it anymore. Please step away from it. So the light turns off and it turns off at that moment. So I don't know about you, but I don't think heat can just turn off at that point. So now we're having a full conversation with the spirit.
4: That's rather interesting. Has it been proven scientifically?
3: Has it proven scientifically depends on which scientist you ask. So I will tell you, um, guests that have seen this have mm-hmm. taken my flashlight apart, yeah. put it together, or they'll purchase a flashlight where I have not touched it. Mm-hmm. They put the battery in, put it down, and it works. Wow! And they they will call me weeks later and go, hey. You know, we had a spirit in our house, and we've been very curious who's there. Thank you for showing us this. And I said, you got to debunk it now. Make sure that it's, you know, if you twist it not enough where the battery will touch the the bulb, of course, or the spring, of course, it'll turn on. Mm -hmm. And you want to shake it to show that vibration is not the cause of this and that there is a gap between it and put it down. And if they obey you by going, hey, can you step away from the flashlight? And they answer questions pretty immediately. I, I think that would be proof enough that somebody's controlling it, you know. It's well, not the heat doing it.
4: Why do, you, why do you think there's so much interest in the paranormal these days?
3: It's the unknown. Uh, now it's not taboo to talk about. It's uh, a step away from reality sometimes. You know, you watch the news so much, it's so depressing. It's something that people can experience. They can see for themselves. It's almost, like you said, scientific where, mm-hmm. hey, let me show you how this works. Isn't that cool that there's something beyond us? There's something beyond death. You know, they're not just going away and not being remembered. So, I give it gives people hope. It gives them another way to remember their loved ones.
4: But if, but do you think that a person's belief and desire to have something happen plays a big part in in not only in your tours but in other ghost investigations? That the will or the person's own own beliefs play a major part in any activity that happens
3: yes sometimes it does because sometimes i can debunk something Mm -hmm. but that person is saying that is my mom that i'm talking to i cannot break their heart and tell them that is not your mom it is a spirit that we're talking to but just like in life they were people at one point in time and there's some mean spirits that can play some tricks on you you know what i mean that can pose somebody else in those cases, we actually will give multiple questions to the spirit. If somebody comes through and they say, this is my mom, I know it's my mom. We play what we call the alphabet game. I don't know their mom's name because we just met on the tour. We'll go through the letters of the alphabet. The flashlight will turn on uh, on a letter. And I go, did your mom's name start with that letter? And they'll go, yes or no. And then I go, come over here and write down your mom's favorite color. Mm-hmm. And then we'll ask the spirit. Spirit, I want to give you four colors. And I want you to turn on the flashlight when... You hear your favorite color. When they hear their favorite color, it turns on. We verify that identity of that person. Sometimes it's a false. It's a false negative, you know. And then the other one, it it is truly the person that we're talking to. It's incredible when that does happen. And, it you know, it brings closure to some people to know that their loved one's okay on the other side, that they come to visit or they're watching over them.
4: Uh, But what about people who go on the tours and they're with other people who have these phenomenal experiences and they experience nothing? How how do we account for that?
3: Well, they get to watch that it happens, that, you know, we didn't choose these people. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, you know, let's say a group of 10 and all of a sudden these two people are here for some reason get more activity than anybody else. Right. There's what we call ghost magnets or you know what I sometimes a beacon. And I'll ask them, have you ever had paranormal activity? Most of the time they'll say yes.
0: They'll really? say
3: yes. It's almost like if you've seen a ghost, experienced some paranormal activity, they mark you somehow from the other side that they know you know that they exist. And some people will not even tell me that they've had it, you know what I mean? And I can just walk by them and the energy around them is different. Um, one of our tour guides, for example, is a homicide detective. Mm -hmm. And when I met him, we met at a haunted hotel that he was staying at and we were just doing a tour there and we've gotten paranormal activity all night long, but we went into this one other room and I looked at him, I said, it's different in here. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, these spirits belong to you. These are not the hotel spirits. These came with you. And I said, one's really good and the other one's not so nice. And I said, they're arguing at this point in time. And he told me that he had a partner that was murdered by a criminal, and he shot the the criminal, and they still fight in the afterlife. He says he wakes up with nightmares, and they're still fighting. And I said, that's exactly who's in this room right now, because they are arguing, and they are still battling it out. And I was able to pick that up without even knowing any of his history or not knowing that he was a police officer at that time.
4: So how do you deal with skepticism? I'm sure not everybody you meet is a believer.
3: Right. Um, I will tell them American Ghost Adventures is not here to convince you that there are ghosts here or not. What I will do is I'll give mm-hmm. you the history. I'll give you the ghost stories. And then we do the investigation and I'll let you draw the conclusion in the end. Some people, no matter what you do, doesn't matter. They will not believe. They refuse to believe. Um, my husband's one of them. My sister is one of them. My sister will say that, you know, she doesn't believe in it because she's Christian. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes to heaven or hell. My husband, I think he... uh Just doesn't believe just so that he can sleep at night. (laughs) Just the comfort of it all. Uh, There are some days when I am at work and he'll call me up and go, hey, whatever you brought home from the tour last night, you better tell it to leave. I'm like, well, why should it leave if you don't believe in them? He goes, I'm just saying that there's some unusual (laughs) things going on at the house here. Uh, When you get home, (laughs) you need to handle it. And I'm like, okay. In
4: in most houses, it's going to be who takes out the garbage, but in your house, it's who gets rid of the ghost.
3: (laughs) It is interesting. Like I said, it does drive him nuts sometimes. Um, we were both first responders. We work 24-hour shifts um, away from each other. So it's kind of interesting when he calls me up and goes, hey, there's nobody else at the house. You know, the kids are sleeping. And he goes, I literally heard footsteps in the house. He goes, I know I heard footsteps. And he goes, I walked the house with a gun. So you better come take care of this. I don't know who you brought home last night. <laughs> so it does spook him a little bit. And we've been together longer than we've been apart. And there's places that he'll take me. when you don't even know it's haunted. Um, and I'll say, hey, this is tree here they use for hangings. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, there's people sitting in it. I can see them sitting in the tree right now looking at us. And they're telling me this is a hanging tree. And then later on, we'll take a ghost tour. And they'll take us right to that spot. And I've never been to that location before. And they'll point to that tree and say, that's the hanging tree. And he'll just look at me.
4: So are you a medium?
3: Um, yes and no. <laughs> I, I, I doubt myself quite often. But I know I can see them. And sometimes I can relay messages. Um, so it, it took me a long time to say that I'm a medium, if that makes any sense. Because I doubt my senses. Sometimes I'm like, did I just make that up, or am I, you know? I, sure. I don't trust my instincts. I haven't developed it all the way. If that makes any sense,
4: it must be rather I think confusing.
3: the more on places you go to. Yeah, the more keen on yeah. things you are.
4: It must be very hard at times. Um, basically, having one foot in one realm and another foot in the other realm.
3: It is because sometimes I see things and mm. I'm like, please tell me you see that, and they'll go, no. You know, I work in a firehouse and my crew for the longest time thought I was a witch. They thought I was a witch for the longest time. And we would go to car accidents mm-hmm. and that person that passed away in that car accident would come back to the firehouse with us and would be standing at the foot of our bed. And, you know, in the morning when we wake up and we would talk about it and I said, I had such the weirdest dream. And they're like, yeah, me too. Kind of thing. And I go, I don't think it was a dream though. I think it was that person that we ran on. So since those things I've learned over the years, you know, trial and error and stuff like that, that when I go to an accident and somebody's passed away, I always say out loud, please do not follow us. Please go towards the light or go home to your family and say goodbye. Uh, we've done everything we can. There's nothing else we can do for you.
4: All right, Ting, stand and, by. We've got to take our final break. And Exxon Nation, Ting and I will return on the other side of the short break as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always send me an email, exxon at exxon radio TV.com. is our special guest, Exo nation, And if you'd like to uh, visit uh, Ting's website, it is www.americanghostadventures.com. Ting, in your opinion, what makes a good ghost researcher or ghost investigator?
3: Somebody that is open-minded. Um, I have trained actors to become investigators because they are able to interact with people, memorize lines, and be open-minded to things. Whereas if you have somebody that's already thinks that they're a, a ghost investigator, mm-hmm. they're closed-minded already. They already know everything about things to know. So you can't teach somebody that knows everything already. So somebody that has an open mind would be the best investigator out there. Somebody that's observant, knows their environment, and is willing to learn. So what would you teach someone? Um, I would teach them to be kind, uh, not to uh, expect how do you say it? Uh, expect things and let things come naturally and just be who you are uh, and, and know your history. Make sure you're representing that person and telling their story correctly. It's the biggest thing. I've had ghost investigators that mess up the history and the spirits don't come out and help them at all. But if somebody is kind-hearted and tells the story correctly, they'll come out and help them with their tours. They'll turn on flashlights, they'll move things just to go, here you go. I'll help people believe you.
4: But a lot of the things that you just said, you know, be, to be kind, to be knowledgeable, isn't that common sense?
3: You would think. But there's a lot of ghost investigators that go out there and they taunt the dead. Like I tell people, when you go into a haunted building, mm-hmm. you say hello. You say hello to every spirit there is. And a lot of the ghost tour companies that don't do this, you know, maybe it's because I'm able to see them. I'll say, hello. Hello. To all the spirits that are here, please understand my intention is to have a conversation with you. We're not here to harm you. We're just introducing you to some people. They want to meet you and hear your story. So we're going to tell them about you and this location. And please feel free to join our conversation. You have ghost investigators that come in and they demand a ghost to open a door. They demand something to be done. It's kind of like you somebody walking into your house demanding a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a Coke. Yeah. It's you know, just rude it, it's
4: it rude. is and it's very disrespectful because these people have lived their life they've they've trans you know they've transitioned to the other side and I think a lot of the ghostbusters or ghost investigators today are are actually more of a cardiac than anything else
3: mm, yeah and well, that's you know you see the shows and stuff like that and you're like oh my gosh that's yeah. that, I wouldn't even dream of doing that I wouldn't even talk to my friends that way, yeah, exactly. as long as a stranger, you know. So why would you talk to a ghost that way?
4: Another thing that a lot of people are seeing on TV these days is from ghost. It seems to have transitioned to demonic uh, entities, demonic possession. In your opinion, having done this for a number of years, how real are demons?
3: They exist. But very rarely. Usually it is a disgruntled spirit Mm -hmm. that's been misrepresented or abused or ignored for the most part or misunderstood. Demonic, yes, they do exist. I've uh, seen one or two places. I will tell you I won't go back to because it's beyond my scope of practice. I don't feel comfortable. They will let you know um, that they can really harm you and cause harm to your family. And that is the last thing I want to do is invite them with me. I choose my locations very carefully. Mm-hmm. Anything that you see on our website under American Ghost Adventures, we've actually gone to, communicated with the ghost, and they want us there, and the owners of the location want us there, and everything is what I would call friendly, or at least you know able to communicate with you and not wanting to harm you for the most part. Um, there's some grumpy spirits. We have some grumpy ones on our tour sometimes, and we kind of leave them alone. We put a flashlight or a piece of equipment over there and go, if you would like to join this group, if you feel like they are your type of people that you would like to communicate with, please step on out and you can turn the flashlight on and have a conversation with us. But for the most part, the demonic stuff is going to be where, um, a lot of negative energy is always built there. That's what they feed off is a lot of negative So that's why I said, like, the jails and stuff like that, it's not so much demonic. Sometimes it is just evil people that can be mistaken for demonic things. But they do exist out there, though.
4: A lot of people have mixed feelings about Ouija boards. What's your opinion?
3: Ouija boards, I've never heard a good thing about it. It is just another form of communicating with the dead. Mm -hmm. But if you're not experiencing it, um, most people think of it as a game. And they leave what they call a door or a corridor open. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So you don't know who you're inviting. It's kind of like leaving your front door unlocked and going, hey, anybody want to come in? Gotcha. Come on in. So it's – I wouldn't advise doing it unless you knew how to close the door, you know, saying goodbye. If you're okay with taking chances, I've heard uh, mostly bad stories, you know. These things that won't go away. Uh, things start happening in their lives. Things start going bad. And it settles down for a little bit, but later in life it resurfaces again. So I don't play with a Ouija board. And some people will live and die by it, but mm-hmm. that's just it. It is a possession thing. It's an obsession with it also, where you have to play with it every day. You've got to touch it so that you feel satisfied. And that, to me, is evil in its own.
4: Why is it some people... Think their house is haunted, but when ghost investigators go there, the majority of the time the ghost investigation team cannot find anything. Is this the person's will that they want to have their home haunted?
3: I think it's television. Uh, So that funny noise is there. It could mm -hmm. be a ghost. If we can't, you know, it might be a water pipe, but let's think ghosts. Like you just said, some people just believe things are haunted, but a lot of ghost investigators also don't understand that these people live in that house 24 hours, seven days a week, you know what I mean? They're quarantined in these places now because Mm -hmm. of COVID-19. They know their environment better than most people. And then you have to take into consideration the person's mental state of mind also. So I personally have stopped doing private investigations because of ceremonies that people perform in their homes. Uh, I don't know psychologically uh, what they are capable of doing. So I don't ever feel comfortable doing that. I will investigate private residence if it is a friend or a friend of a friend, somebody that I know. And I'll have to go back multiple times. If I don't find something the first night, that doesn't mean the house is not haunted. Mm -hmm. It's that that spirit is not interacting with me at that time.
4: Something I always thought was very touchy is that when somebody decides, I'm talking about uh, some of the people that we've had on the show who claim to be ghost experts, when they start counseling People who have had paranormal experiences and they have no training whatsoever in as a social worker or taking a psychology course. How dangerous, in your opinion, as a first responder is this?
3: That's really dangerous because some of the words that you're saying to somebody Mm -hmm. will affect them for the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? So I'm very careful about choosing my words. Even if you go to a fortune teller or, you know, a psychic and they tell you something like you'll never mount to something that's in the back of their minds for the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? I sure do. It, it psychologically, we'll play with some people. Again, we don't know the mental capacity of this person. Are they on the edge of killing themselves? And did I say or trigger something that will cause them to kill themselves? You know, are they on the brink of seeing things? Mm-hmm. Do they need medication? If I think they're hallucinating, if they're on drugs or anything like that, I will tell them, hey, this is beyond my scope of practice. I think you may need to uh, go for some medical help. You may even want to consult with a preacher, but this is beyond what I can do for you. I can tell you right now, I don't think your house is haunted. I'll I'll be glad to come back again if you like, but uh, my professional opinion is that you may want to seek some other professional help. I don't think I can help you at this time. I won't put counseling. Like you said, I don't have that uh, schooling for, and the words that I say could affect that person.
4: I've heard a lot of uh, paranormal investigators complaining that a lot of the places— now that they used to go to and have access to to do paranormal investigations, are now charging uh, groups, tours, and individuals to enter the premise. What's your opinion on this?
3: They need to charge something so that they can preserve that location, especially historical sites. Mm -hmm. If the paranormal group is not giving money back to the location, that's kind of a, you know, not a win-win for everybody. It's kind of a selfish, to be honest with you. You should be your best interest vested in that place. If they are in business, that means you can stay in business. The locations that I go to, we contribute. We make sure that people eat there, drink there. Uh, We do repairs to the buildings, whatever I can donate to the place. I come in on uh, days off to come and clean the locations, and stuff like that. It's an investment in that location. And if they didn't do that ahead of time, yeah, the places do need to charge them so that they can maintain. It's not free you know uh, they still have to maintain personnel they got to do maintenance on the building mm-hmm. and you're just roaming in there so but it but isn't it, isn't it's pride it's it, pride
4: it, isn't the tour and isn't the media giving these people something back in return they're getting a lot of advertising that they could never afford to get otherwise
3: that's what i'm saying so they should invest back into the community we put back into the community. Right. We're in downtown Orlando. We collect uh, blankets. We collect jackets. If we eat and mm-hmm. we have leftovers, I bring leftovers to the you know homeless people. For the most part, they leave me alone because they know, hey, she's working right now. So it's, again, an investment into the community. It's not just about the ghost hunting. It's about pride and creating that positive environment for everybody in order to get the spirits to respect you, the, the community to respect you, people to... Uh, like you and want to come on your tour, you got to live it. Does that make sense? They'll talk about it. If you're an investigator, then you better be on your feet. You should know your environment. You should know your history. Make sure you represent the, the spirits correctly and represent that location very well so that it can continue its legacy to take care of you.
4: We've got about two minutes left. What are your final thoughts and what is the message that you'd like to leave with the Exxon Nation tonight?
3: Just be open minded. If you're in Orlando and you want to experience this and a true ghost tour, come to American ghost adventures. And our website is American Our guides are here to help you create your own ghost story. This is the real deal. We're not going to fake anything. Um, and the ghosts, please come respectful. That's it. You're coming to visit some friends mm-hmm. and have fun. Come with an open mind.
4: Now, my my final question to you is, is what happens? Why hasn't there been any proof brought forward yet that ghosts are real?
3: There hasn't been any proof or scientific that they're not real.
4: Well, that's so. you, know, the, you know, that's just like saying, <laughs> well, the, ha- the cup is half full, the cup is half empty.
3: Correct. Right. It just depends on who believes and where you're going and who you're going to trigger. We but, can't but make everybody it, believe. Uh,
4: well, right? you know, but if you ha- if there's so many people out there doing these investigations all the time with all this equipment and we, you know, every cell phone now is a high definition camera and there's a lot of other apps you can get. Why hasn't that mm-hmm. proof been brought forward to the public so the public can unequivocally say, yes, they are real?
3: Same reason why we can't get everybody to wear masks. Some people just don't believe it. No matter what you produce for them, they don't believe in the science. So if you even show them, hey, this this is what touched you. This is what we caught on camera. No, that, that's camera trickery. You, you, you planted that there. You created that. No, I didn't. I was standing right here with you. Mm-hmm. They're gonna debunk whatever you tell them. It's I've learned over the years. People are gonna believe what they believe, no matter what happens, until they, you know, want to. Mm-hmm. They're not going to.
4: Ting, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. And Dexon Nation, if you'd like to find out more about Ting and the American Ghost Adventures in Orlando, Florida, visit www.americanghostadventures.com. Now, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exon at we or on all social media sites, exxon Radio TV, And don't forget to check out the Exxon Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.